move to introduce a designated seat for Māori in the next council elections in New Plymouth has sparked a fiery debate in Taranaki and beyond. The Mayor, Andrew Judd, is determined to champion the cause of Māori representation on his patch and Insight's been investigating the reaction to his proposal that's been described in equal measures as visionary, political suicide and a threat to the fundamentals of democracy. I too was one of these people that said, enough already. When are these Maori's going to get over it? I'm sick of hearing this stuff. Until I looked in those eyes of that Maori lady and saw the pain. At that point, I actually listened. New Plymouth Mayor Andrew Judd had a moment of epiphany shortly after taking office when he started visiting Marae to ask how council could better engage with Maori. He then became convinced of the need for a Maori seat on the council and spelled out his vision for a Maori ward in the city. This is more than a seat. This is about what are we saying about each other where we can't even open the back door to let one person in to be part of our decision process. The vote was taken in September last year to establish a designated seat for Māori at the next local government elections in 2016. It has passed seven to six. Thank you, councillors. While the narrow victory was celebrated by many Māori on the night, at the same time opposition emerged. Councillor John McLeod, a former soldier, handed in his resignation on the spot. I'm a New Zealander. My passport says I'm a New Zealander. And I'm proud of that. I've been out in this world serving under our flag and I know what it means. And we are all from different walks of life and different ethnic backgrounds. No big deal. We stand as one people against all adversity, and I'm proud to have done that for my nation. And so are the other guys standing with me. Thank you, Councillor. Can you 10 seconds wrap it, please? This facet of self, this facet of self, to me, is an issue of separatism based on race. And that remains no matter which way you put it, based on race. Soon after, the then president of Grey Power New Plymouth, Hugh Johnson, announced he was starting a petition to force a citizens-initiated referendum on the issue. I'm Robin Martin, and this insight explores whether Māori wards are an example of partnership or separatism. On Waitangi Day at the Pukiriki Landing in New Plymouth, hundreds of people gathered to enjoy the entertainment and mark the 175th anniversary of this significant day in New Zealand's history. New Plymouth's Mayor Andrew Judd gave the opening address and mingled with the crowd. But he sees involving Māori in local politics as a much bigger issue than Waitangi Day celebrations or statutory requirements. His passion to secure better Māori representation began as more or less an administrative exercise shortly after he won the mayoral chains in 2013. 
The journey that I'm becoming mayor was uh, the legislation on the Local Government Act on councils is that you need to, or have to by law, engage with iwi in a meaningful way and with the spirit of the Treaty of Waitangi. So it's been a journey of well, how and what does it actually mean, not only for iwi but for the council. And steps along the way have been like working committees, uh, um, representation on standing committees, all of which have failed for one reason or another. And the last option, which is actually legislated by the Crown, is the Amari Ward seat. So for me it's all about representation. And the question around what have I come to learn or realise, I've come to learn actually participation for tangata whenua is important for us as a country. But it soon emerged he was seeing this from a deeper perspective. Often I'm asked, uh, along having become the Mayor, what does Waitangi and the Treaty mean to me as an individual? Well up until getting the, the job of the Mayor it was really just a long weekend and a holiday. Because I've never had to reflect or, or look at Waitangi weekend in any re relevance for my cultural background. And in joining with Māori on Marae and hearing the stories of the past and, and how they're having to face challenges today, yes it was an epiphany and now that I've seen uh, what took place and understood and heard, I can no longer look back. At the new Plymouth Waitangi Day celebrations, the first term mayor certainly had plenty of fans. I think it's long overdue and I think that um, I don't understand why people would oppose it unless they, and I don't understand why they feel threatened about it. I think it's a fantastic idea and I feel really, really proud of um, Andrew Judd for uh, the stance that he's taken. To be honest, I thought that was part of the Treaty of Waitangi Agreement and I sort of can't figure out what's this award stuff. I'm absolutely for it, 100% for it. Absolutely must happen. I think it's worth a try. We need to come up with a solution and that's possibly one way forward. Under the Local Government Act, councils have a statutory responsibility to seek meaningful engagement with Māori, which most do through various liaison committees, kamatua forums, memorandums of understanding and regular consultation. But the fact remains only 3.6% of council seats around the country are occupied by Māori. Even taking into account the geographic spread of Māori and their relative youth, this falls well short of the 15% of New Zealanders who identify as Māori. Māori wards is one response open to councils to help address this imbalance. Only people on the Māori electoral roll can vote in a Māori ward. Candidates for a Māori ward have to be nominated by two people on the Māori roll, but they do not have to be on the roll themselves. However, not everybody is in favour of a Māori ward option. I can't walk on there, I've got bare feet. <laughs> How are you doing, Hugh? Good. Good. Hugh Johnson gave up the leadership of Grey Power in New Plymouth to launch a petition to force a citizens-initiated referendum on the issue. My wife, Jennifer. Hello. How are you doing? Good. I'd have to write the music off when we're recording. <laughs> when Insight visited the retired electrical engineer, at his home in the satellite suburb of Bell Block, Mr Johnson was still closely guarding his collection of more than 4,000 signatures. This has never been seen by anybody except my wife and myself. 4,047 signatures there. A former Lower Hutt councillor, Mr Johnson has lived in New Plymouth for 15 years. As his wife gets on with the cooking, he explains his reasons for not supporting a Māori ward are straightforward. Well, I believe that we are one country, and we are one, one lot of people, not divided. The Maori seats in Parliament, for one thing, separates the Parliament, and if we don't need to spread it out onto the local government area. It's as simple as that. You want to be elected to Parliament, you go through one voting system. You want to be elected to Council, you go through one voting system.
I am a New Zealander. I'm not a Maori. I have no Maori blood in me. I'm sick of being called a New Zealand European. I'm not. I'm a non-Maori New Zealander. And I believe we are one country. And I believe in, in democracy. I believe that if there's changes to go on in local government of this sort of nature, the people should have the say, hence the referendum. On the main streets of New Plymouth, it's not difficult to find people who share his view of a Māori ward. I don't really feel that it should be an issue. We are one people. That's my view. It has been since I was taught going to school. They should be voted in like everyone else, not rather than handpicked. It's, it's, it's a fair thing. You can't go and say, oh, look, he looks good, I'll put him in. And if he's rotten egg, what's going to happen? I don't believe so. I think if you're good enough to stand for council, regardless of your background, then you put your hat in the ring and get elected on your merits. No, I don't think having something, you know, segregating Māori would do it be, in, be of any benefit. No, I don't think it's a good idea at all, really. No, I think you should be voted on like everybody else's. And I think that if you want to stand for council, then stand and get elected. The Electoral Act was amended in 2002 to streamline the creation of Māori wards following Environment Bay of Plenty's drawn-out wrangle to establish one via an Act of Parliament in 2001. Since then, the Waikato Regional Council has established two Māori wards and about six other councils have flirted with the idea but ultimately not gone ahead with it. One of the reasons for this is that a decision to establish a Māori ward can be challenged by a citizens-initiated referendum. A petition signed by 5% of those eligible to vote, in the case of New Plymouth about 2,700 signatures, is enough to trigger a referendum. One person who knows how designated Māori seats work in a local body setting is the chair of the Waikato Regional Council, Paula Southgate, and she can only see an upside. We have the two seats. We have, uh, based on geography, uh, so we have Nataiki Uta, which is from Topol to Fitiang, or up the top of the Coromandel, and Nahoefa, which is an enlarged Tainui area in the central Waikato, if you like. Now, those two members, uh, Timoti Bramley and Tipamahuta, sit around the table and are active decision-makers over all the governance matters that we face, including the most recent big thing, which is the long-term plan. So they're inputting a Māori perspective all the time to all of the plans that we're making and all of the decisions at the table. What's really good about that is they bring a Māori perspective, um, and they're constantly bringing that kaitiakitanga focus, you know, guardians of the natural resources, and that's appropriate because a lot of what we do is resource management. Paula Southgate said there was only a small amount of resistance to the creation of the Waikato Regional Council's two Māori wards. Well, there was a good debate and discussion around it, and in the end it was a majority of vote of eight to four, so there were four councillors that held a slightly different point of view at that time. You'd have to ask them as to their reasons for that. Having said that, that's moved on now, and this council has pretty much embraced those two Māori seats. It's business as usual now those, with those two seats. They're fully incorporated, they're fully um, effective in our point of view, and I haven't heard any murmurings of um, discontent around them. But there has been discontent aplenty in New Plymouth. Several months ago, more than 500 people packed into the Theatre Royal to hear broadcaster Willie Jackson and New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters go head-to-head -head in an at times fiery debate on the issue. Kia ora katoa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Willie Jackson was leading a panel in favour of Māori wards, 
but he was also certain of the political impact for the mayor of backing the creation of a Māori ward. And without doubt, the mayor of New Plymouth is a reasonable and fair-minded person. He's the first and last Pākehā mayor in this country, probably, to be, <laughs> to be so upfront, candid, honest, courageous and probably a bit stupid <laughs> regarding Māori representation. And you'd be under no illusions tonight. You'd be under no illusions. Andrew Judd will not serve another term as the new Plymouth mayor. Now, that's sad. Sorry to break it to you, Andrew. But it ain't going to happen, brother, because it's going to be all over in two years. But I commend your courage. I commend your courage. He turned to history to support the argument for Māori representation. Is so offensive about Andrew Judd's stance. He wants to secure Māori representation on the council, not simply to right the wrongs of the past, but more importantly, to make things right now and into the future for all Māori and Pākehā in Taranaki. You see, all Andrew has said is that he has read about history. And it's told him a lot of things, one being that is absolutely indisputable, that Māori got done over in Taranaki. How done over? Well, a lot. Leading the panel against the creation of a Māori ward, Winston Peters also played the history card, but his point of reference was the black civil rights movement in the United States. This debate is about what kind of country and society we want to live in in the 21st century. Whether we have a cohesive future or whether we can prosper with separatism and all going our different way. You know, I've heard these radicals talking, <laughs> coated up with the sugary saccharine of principles and beliefs. But you remember the black civil rights movement in the 1960s in the United States? They did not want to set up separate institutions. They were trying to bust down the door of the best institutions and gain access themselves, and that's what we believe. One institution, one law, one set of systems for all of us, regardless of our background in the 21st century. Speaking to Insight at Parliament, the New Zealand First Leader's stance hadn't softened any. He took particular affront to Andrew Judd's tongue-in-cheek comments that a literal interpretation of the treaty should mean Māori occupied half of the seats at the council table. Well, he's talking gobbledygook again. I mean, you've got people saying that, that, that at, five, at one part in 512, they are Māori in this country. You've got a whole lot of people who discover their, uh, every day they get into Parliament, when they get into some public office. They've never known anybody in their family before. Then all of a sudden they've got whanau katanga all over the place. And with respect to him, he's talking absolute poppycock. And he should be told it. Look, even the most wild-minded, beady-eyed radical, Māori, didn't ever make that demand. And now this, as I might call a sickly white liberal fellow traveller, is giving over this concession. He's got to be nuts. And I can't see him survive the next election. Because the people in New Plymouth are not going to put up this humbug. Winston Peters says Māori he speaks to are concerned about the same things as other New Zealanders and are not asking for special deals. I can tell you the mass majority of Māori, in whose name all of these are made, 
couldn't give a tinkers about these sorts of demands. They want the real things, jobs, houses, first world salaries, decent education system for their children, care for their, uh, health care for their old and their young. That's what they want. And, I'm, and they, and I personally am, getting sick and tired of people who use Māori numbers to go and make claims for things that Māori don't want and somehow say, well, I am the face, the expression, the sentiment, the desire and ambition of the Māori race. They don't represent anybody and never will. Philanthropist businessman Gareth Morgan has just co-written a book called Are We There Yet? The Future of the Treaty of Waitangi, which charts his vision of the way forward for New Zealand. He told Insight that Māori wards deny people the right to equal citizenship and could sow the seeds of future discontent. Well, I think if you give any group um, unique political rights, you sort of automatically, to the extent that those rights give them power over other people, start crowding out democracy. I mean, we did an exercise where we pretended that we'd have you know, political rights in Parliament, say, for Māori, for disabled, for women, for Polynesians, for Asians, all in proportion to their share of the population, and you ended up with just 20 seats left, left for democracy. So the whole um, idea of it's a nonsense have taken to, you know, the extreme. Gareth Morgan is, however, quick to qualify this position. He says because treaty obligations are not being honoured, Māori wards are a part of a suite of policies, such as Māori seats in Parliament and education quotas, necessary to redress imbalances. You know, until we get the treaty honoured, um, we have, you know, these, these mitigation policies in place, which is basically an acknowledgement by government that they're not honouring honoring the treaty and therefore, you know, this is to try and minimise the damage. Um, I just think in the case of wards themselves, um, it's a bit of a... A bit of a sop in a way, um, giving you know Maori one ward out of fourteen or whatever the number of seats are, n- number of um, wards are at council, um, is not a really an effective substitute for honouring the obligations that a, a council has, say over resource management. But he's still not a fan. But it's almost like they're saying, well, here, here Maori, have have a ward, and now butter off, sort of thing. You know, don't annoy us anymore. So it's not going to necessarily address the problem. I mean, I, I can't see, for example, how Group Maori as a group should have any say on my library fees or on my bus fares, I mean, which is what, you know, things that councils decide. But they've got very, very specific rights on um, under Article 2 on natural resources and um, cultural treasures. And, and I just feel that those rights should be addressed as opposed to this, which is just a sop. Columnist Dion Tudor cut his teeth as a research officer at the Waitangi Tribunal and later became chief treaty negotiator for the Ngāti Mutanga iwi. Now chief executive of Taranaki's largest corporate farmer, Pare Nini Hiki Waitotara, he says in his opinion it is difficult for Māori to succeed under the current electoral system. Ideally we would be in a position where the community where race is, is irrelevant where uh, it doesn't matter who you are um, and, and that the community would be viewing individuals for the qualities that they bring, right? So irrespective of whether they're Māori or Pākehā. That's the way that people talk. They say that the system is fair, that you know everybody has the right to stand. 
And that's true. But the reality is, the reality is people don't, you know, you judge people based on your mores and your, the way that you are brought up and, and your prejudices, you know, your worldview. And so if you see somebody who is different, you're not necessarily, and, and you, don't, you don't have any point of contact with them and you can't see the value that they bring because they look so different, the odds are you're not going to vote for that person. Dion Tutor says the irony is that diversity in leadership roles is actively sought after in other areas of New Zealand life. In the commercial world, right, around boards, increasingly diversity is what is sought after. You know, commercial boards are actively seeking diversity. They want women around the board. They want, they want more, they actually want more Māori perspectives around the board. They want people with different views because they know that uh, that creative tension or that tension that can be constructive tension that goes around the board can lead to better outcomes. What you have with um, our current sort of dem the election processes we have, as flawed as it might be, is that you, you get people who are sort of all the same. And as a result of that, the majority view will always, will always prevail. Ultimately, Mr Tuta, who also has iwi affiliations to Ngāti Tāma and Taranaki, says he supports the formation of a Māori ward. As a stopgap measure, it is a good idea. Yeah, as a stopgap measure, as a uh, on on the, you know, as a as a step towards the path of empowering Māori to get to the point where the, where the community can see the value in our leadership, uh, in its own right, uh, and then yes, uh, but you know you, you have to acknowledge that going into it, it it will create tension within the wider community as as well. So those and those. Whether it's right or wrong, the perceptions are what count, right? The perceptions are valid. So if, if people dislike it, um, their reaction about that will, is, is actually what... The reaction to that is, is just as valid, right? Because it's all part of that discussion. Howie Tamati is the CEO of Sport Taranaki and New Plymouth's only current Māori councillor. Speaking at his Yarrow Stadium headquarters as the watering system worked to keep the pitch green, the former rugby league international says he voted in favour of a Māori ward because it was at least a move in the right direction. Well, I don't think it's the answer, uh, you know, but it's a start. Uh, I think it's a step forward for uh, the New Plymouth District Council in recognising, uh, you know, that Māori have a, have a part to play in this community. And... You know, and uh, could be valued around uh, the council table, uh, be it one seat, two seats, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's a start. It, it's not the answer. The first to acknowledge he was voted onto council on the back of his sporting career and high-profile job, Howie Tamati says the Māori ward issue is a symptom of a deeper problem. The issue here for me is that, that people don't know who they're talking about and what they're talking about when they talk about Māori. They don't mix with Māori, they don't understand Māori, they don't, they don't care about Māori, you know. We, Māori have to live in a Pākehā world. Pākehā never go and live in a Māori world. This is the problem, you know. They need to go to a marae, they need to actually go, in a, go to tangi, they need to go and sit down and, and have meaningful, open conversations. And they need to speak up, you know, and say all the things that they say in their own little groups about Māori to Māori and let Māori... Um, talk to them and give them their opinion. They don't listen to Māori opinion, and that's what's missing. The sports administrator, whose iwi are Tiatiawa, Ngāti Mūtanga and Naitahu, 
is full of admiration for the stance taken by Andrew Judd. The great thing about Andrew Judd is he saw something wrong and he's trying to right it, you know, and he's put his mayoralty on the line, you know, because you know, I heard someone call him a dead man walking. Well, you know, that was a terrible statement. If you think about what Andrew's doing, he's putting his reputation on his line because he's putting out there that his values are right, his ethics are right, and he's trying to do something to build a partnership with the, the, the tangata whenua, you know, and that takes courage in this, and this, it's a sad thing to say, you know, you've got to have, be courageous about it. And I think, what better man would you want being a mayor of your uh, community, you know? Um, I admire him, you know? I admire him, and I, and I, you know, I think he's a good mayor. In 1881, the people of Parihaka did exactly that, Two weeks ago, at a small ceremony at the council chambers, Andrew Judd, flanked by about 50 supporters, received Hugh Johnson's petition. Following the handover, Parihaka Kaumatua, Rangiko Tokutuku Rukuwai, the great-grandson of the prophet Te Whiti o Rongamai, blessed the two men, asking that they go in peace. A referendum costing New Plymouth $80,000 is scheduled for May. So now it's up to the voters to decide whether a designated seat for Māori is a step towards greater partnership or a form of unwanted separatism. I'm Robin Martin, and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send us an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or tweet at rnz underscore insight. This program was produced by Philip Patolli with technical production by Daniel Bevan.